Okay, welcome to this episode of The Chopping Block, where we take stuff that didn't quite make it into our message, got cut on the chopping block, but we're gonna bring it to you. Yep. Last week, Dave did a great uh, job speaking, and someone actually raised their hand and said, why don't you have time to cover this now? That's right, which I really appreciate. And that's what this uh, chopping block kind of thing is exactly for. So today we're going to do, um, we're going to look into Daniel chapter nine. We're gonna start, I think, in verse 24. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look into one of the most remarkable passages in all of scripture. It's a little complicated, but if you follow it through, just a few simple uh, helps will help you see that, um, that uh, the prophet Daniel predicted exactly to the year and probably to the week, hundreds of years beforehand, when the Messiah would come and, uh, and uh, arrive in Jerusalem and then be killed. That's Jesus, for those of us who believe in Jesus. Which we celebrate this week, That's Holy right. Week. That's right, it's Holy Week. So uh, uh, if you're watching this and you tend to be relatively skeptical, that's great. The scriptures invite skepticism, and that's why they give evidence, which I love. And so this is gonna be hopefully helpful to you in that. Um, but we really ask you to lean in and consider the evidence, uh, because I think it's gonna, uh, it's gonna speak for itself, and it's, it's pretty amazing. And what I love about predictive prophecy in the scriptures is it's not a subjective kind of thing. You can really tell whether it's happened or not. And even using extra biblical sources, we can confirm dates, confirm uh, uh, the, the writings of different books and stuff like that. And so it really gives you something concrete to look at. If you already believe in Jesus, that's great. We're glad you're watching. Maybe you go to our church. Maybe you're a friend or someone else. Maybe you just found this. That's great. This week is Holy Week. This would be a great way to kind of enrich your engagement with Holy Week uh, leading up to Easter this coming Sunday. Consider these things and, uh, and see how uh, God would lead you to, to reflect and worship. Also, for those of us who already believe in, in God, this is a great way to bolster, to strengthen your faith, to give confidence to what you already believe. Because to galvanize. Oh yeah, you were, you were really liking that galvanize word. Yeah, keep going. yeah that's great. It, this can help galvanize your faith. Because uh, you probably don't come to Christ necessarily because of Daniel 9, you might. Uh, but if you already believe in Christ, and you uh, stuff like this can really give you confidence that what you believe is, is real. Just one quick note on that. So I've had different experiences with God, moments where I felt He was close to me. But a lot of my Christian life is when I'm discouraged, I'm down in the dumps, and I, He doesn't feel like He's close. But mm-hmm. I can go back again and again and look at fulfilled prophecy. And, yeah. It can uh, confirm to me again the truthfulness of these things, I believe. That's right. So, yeah. And uh, we don't have to time, time to go into this now, but I think you will find that if you look for this in other uh, holy writings, other books, right. you're not going to find anything like this. This is where the Bible really stands in a completely unique mm-hmm. place. Uh, there's nothing like this. If you want to take Nostradamus and c- compare his super vague, odd prophecy but, to but this... But his best ones. But his best ones to this, you'll, you'll be blown away with the the clarity of biblical yeah. prophecy compared to the vagueness right. and uh, yeah. things like that. So. Yeah, this, this passage we're going to look at talks about real people, real places, mm-hmm. real dates that you can check from outside the scriptures. And the interpretation is not really vague. It's, it's very clear. So hopefully it'll be fun. All right, so we're going to go ahead and dive in. I'm going to read the passage, and then Ben's going to kind of help diagram on the board. And Dave's going to help me. Help. I'll pepper in as we go. Okay, so we're in Daniel. Chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 24. And so just the brief background here is Daniel, an Israelite, is in captivity in Babylon because they, the Israelites have been exiled, uh, conquered by the Babylonians, and you find out because uh, God is judging them for, some, for, for their sins. Uh, 
And so that's actually going to come in a little bit here to, to the context. And Daniel is towards the end of his life, and it's towards the end of almost 70 years in captivity. And he's realizing that maybe these 70 years are about over because of some predictive prophecy. And he's, uh, he's asking God, what does it all mean? And so he, he gets a vision from God here. And in the vision, God tells him uh, what is to come. All right, so we're, we're picking up in verse 24, where uh, the vision, God, uh, through his angel, says, Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. No one understand this from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes. There will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets in a trench, but in times of trouble. After the sixty-two sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. All right. All right. What do we do with this? Here we go. So, um, it, is this, could this at all be referring to Ezra's decree uh, to rebuild the temple? Oh, yeah, that's important. So we have to figure yeah. out when does this thing start? When does the clock start? And so we're trying to get to when the Messiah comes. Now I'm putting you in the yeah, that's great. explanation hey, role. Hey, this is great. Hey, so this, uh, this is the starting point. So we've got to figure out when this thing starts. And it says, from the, what does it say? From the time of the uh, issuing of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem. That's when we start. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a few candidates. Uh, and we, we, that can be... Uh, that can be in the, uh, in the extra credit section if you want to look at those. But only one of them stands up to the test. Um, there's a number of re decrees to rebuild part of Jerusalem, mm -hmm. like the temple or something like that. But there's only one where the, the whole city is decreed to be rebuilt, including its walls and streets. Yeah. And that's what it talks about here specifically. So that's one we're looking for. Rebuilt with streets and a trench. That's right. That's yeah. the defensive structure. So what are we looking at? How do we know what this one is? We look at Nehemiah uh, chapter 2, Great. verse 1 to 8. Which is uh, very well attested, out, even outside of the scriptures. Yeah, so before we get to uh, checking out Nehemiah 2, let's talk a little bit about our, our, um, our 77 yes, here. So the sevens, from context, we know, you can read Leviticus 25, other places, that this is referring to seven years. Uh, some translations, we, we often use ES, well, we usually use ESV. We just read it from NIV. ESV translates it weeks of years. It gets it a little bit confusing. This is actually more accurate in this case. Seven. Yeah, the original seven, language, it just says sevens. seven sevens. Yeah. The so, word seven there can re refer to weeks or days. So seven equals seven years. Yeah, but we know that from the context around this passage. Yeah. So all in all, we're looking for 490 years, but we'll find when we get to the end of this that we're actually missing a seven that's for a whole nother chopping oh, yeah. block. That gets pretty sweet. Okay, so uh, we're, we're looking for this timeline here from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, which we'll look at in Nehemiah 2, <laughs> to when Messiah comes, which we celebrate on uh, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and then of course we celebrate Easter, resurrection of Messiah. So we're looking for seven years here. No, not seven. Excuse seven, me. And sevens. That's seven, why sevens of years. That's why we believe in team. <laughs> that's right. Team, team. So this is actually seven sevens equals forty nine years. Yeah, seven sevens and sixty two sevens. Um, so yeah. forty nine. Mm -hmm. And what's that one? 
Oh man, I had it written down. 434. 434. Some of you guys were doing the math quicker than I could even look at my PowerPoint. <laughs> That's great. Good job. Um, so this is what we're looking for. This will be how long um, and to date this exactly. Um, so all together, what is that? 483? Oh, yeah. So we add 49 years plus 434. 483 years. We good to go so far? Great. So how do we, but right, do we need to start the clock running yet? Should we start the clock running? No, we better do some conversion here. Oh yeah, that's right. So in the in the Bible, uh, especially in this passage, their years were a little different from ours. We use the uh, uh, the modern solar year, which is mm -hmm. 365 days. That's per right. Year. That's right. You can even you do point two five if you want to put the leap year in. It'll make this calculation even more accurate. But yeah. it, uh, for our purposes, this will get us pretty close. And yet, the uh, these guys were in the lunar year, especially the ancient lunar year. It was very simple. So it was 360 days, 12 months of 30 days each. And that might sound confusing, but all we have to do is a simple conversion by converting to, day, to days, and then we can convert right. their lunar year to our solar year. Okay, so let me get this straight. So we're talking ancient lunar years. So if you look up lunar years in modern time, it's not exactly this, but That's this right. is the ancient lunar year, 360 days per year. Mm -hmm. Modern solar year, or just solar year, 365 point. 0.25 if you want to get really excited. days. So we need to do a little conversion, don't we? A little simple math. Um, so we got lunar year, 360 days. So we're looking at 483 years. Yep. Right? Uh-huh. Um, Equals how many days? So we're taking that times uh, 360. We still good? Yep. Let me do this in my head real quick. He's not. Look at my PowerPoint. 173,880 days. Are we tracking? Yep. And days are the same. <laughs> from, from this decree to King Messiah comes, 173,880 days. Now, to convert this to solar... Modern solar years. We take our 173,880 days and divide it by... 365. 365. We're getting a little sloppy. Now we may have to erase some things here, but that then equals 476 of years. Our years. Right. Modern years. Okay, I'm going to erase. And so the reason we're converting this is because to get this date, we know this date. Uh, from modern archaeology, even way better than they would in their time. Right. Uh, we know, and you'll see this here in a second. So we're going to reference this by our years, and so it's going to be important as we do this uh, calendaring timeline calculation here that we just go ahead and stay in our years. It makes it easier. Right, and you uh, bring up an interesting point that our modern calculation uh, actually makes this date even more precise than the ancient readers of the text would have understood. Part of that um, lets us know that they could not have tried to fulfill that on their own. That's right. Um, so actually fulfilled prophecy is even more reliable in a way for us with our modern day That's right. uh, mechanism, which is, is an amazing thing. It's pretty cool. The, the scriptures are set apart yeah. God's timeless word. All right, so here we are. So, so now we have to Jerusalem. What's yeah, this? We'll be 476 years until Messiah comes. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about... 
dating this. So Nehemiah 2, 1 to 8 is where we turn to find this date. Are you turning there or am I turning there? How about uh, you just go ahead and turn I got it. it. Okay. You're probably quicker than me. Well, I already had it marked. Yes, you are. And now we are in ESV. <laughs> Nehemiah 2 says, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up wine, gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And it goes on and on. And it says, the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I said, if it please the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah in the city of my father's graves, to the father, city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king mm -hmm. said to me, the queen sitting beside him, which made it legit, I guess. <laughs> How long will you be gone? When will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province. So let, let, the, let me have a decree That's right. and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, on and on. And the king granted me what I asked for, for the good hand of my God was upon me. So there's a decree given to me at Nehemiah from Artaxerxes I, That's uh, right. right here, to rebuild Jerusalem. And so we learn, you turn to Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, Volume 1, or page most, 598, or... Or most of us will go to Wikipedia, you'll find the exact same information. Or Wikipedia, and you'll learn that Artaxerxes uh, came to power in 465 B.C. That's right. This is starting to get helpful. So we got to back up just a bit here. Mm -hmm. 465 B.C. came to power. That's right. So in... The month of Nisan. This requires a little bit of info here. Yeah, yeah. So but he can, he comes to power in December, of 465 BC, and Nisan is in the spring. So the first <laughs> Nisan would have actually been in 464 BC. Right. So that one, and then let's, it says that. In the, wait, let's pause because we gotta let that sink in. Right. Came to power December 465. Mm -hmm. The Nisan is in the spring. Mm -hmm. So. The first Nisan he is in power. And his first year of reign. Is 464 B.C. That's right. And then we read in the 20th year. That's right. Of King Artaxerxes the first. In Nisan. So 464. 20 years later. And of course we're B.C. So it's 444. Boom. Make it happen. 444 B.C. BC. Yep. Get there. And we can just erase this. All right. So this is when the decree went out, 444 BC, according to our years. Decree went out 444. Yeah, like you just. So said. what do you do when you add uh, 476 years to 444 BC? Remember, we're going from negative to positive here. Yeah. What do you do? So we have negative 444 plus plus 476 equals. I think that goes to plus 32, right? Yes, to 32. So this would be 32 AD. AD. But, wait, one last thing. Hold your horses. Of course, on a number line, you go from minus one to zero to plus one. But in years, it goes from one BC, there's no zero year. You just go straight to one AD. Yeah. So, so if you're looking at two, one, uh, so this is BC. Yeah. That's a AD. Hey. Teamwork is teamwork for. makes the dream work. What it means is you have to add one more year since there's no zero year. Yeah, so so plus that. one brings us to 33, 33 AD, AD in Nissan in the spring. 
33 AD. Now, if you if you get on Wikipedia and look for Jesus chronology or Jesus timeline or something like that, even the uh, the, the most secular scholars, folks who don't believe uh, in the Bible, they will tell you that historically speaking, the best date we have for Jesus riding into Jerusalem and then being killed on the cross is 33 AD. AD. That's exactly. right. Even more specifically, because we know uh, of other different things that feed in there, that's N Nissan mm -hmm. of, 40, of 33 AD, which would have been right there in the spring. Absolutely. Yeah. Very beginning of April. Yeah. So Dave preached on um, King Jesus, a grown man coming in on a young colt. Uh, really ridiculous scene that was prophesied even in Zechariah 9 9. And we have in Daniel 9 predicting to the date. That prophecy, yeah, and likely as you probably about six hundred years, six hundred plus years beforehand. However, some uh, some more uh, skeptical liberal scholars uh, they look at all of the prophecies um, uh, fulfilled in Daniel, and uh, they say there's no way they could, that could have happened, and so they must have written it around the time that some of it happened. So they're talking specifically about some of the stuff that happens in Daniel seven and eight, and so they say, well, we we know that they were in the Dead Sea Scrolls, so they had to be before like. 160 BC, so probably around 200 BC. That might solve some of these other ones if they're right, mm -hmm. but it does nothing to Daniel 9 yeah. because it still would put the put it around 200 to 250 years before Jesus. Yeah, it it doesn't touch this. So even we'll give you the late dating of Daniel, although we don't we don't we, for other reasons don't think that's accurate. So 250 to 600 years prior to the event, this was predicted. All right, we're, we're about out of time. About out of time. What are our last so, little comments here? The last little comments are, what do you think about this? Can you mm -hmm. think of any reason that this could happen other than God telling us that it was going to happen at least 250, likely 600 years before it happened? If this is true, it means that the Messiah who comes in 33 AD was probably the real one. Yeah. And that's Jesus of Nazareth. The yep. one that Time Magazine says is the most influential man of all time. Yeah, most important question you can ask is who is this person, King who Jesus? Is Jesus? Most important question. I think we have just a few more seconds. So we got 483 of these lunar years accounted for, but we're missing a seven. That's right. And the events of this remaining seven are yet to come. Uh, there's often a prophetic gap in these, these texts, and so we're in that gap waiting mm -hmm. for this future seven to occur. Right. Perhaps another chopping block. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Church. If you've got questions uh, from this, please let us know. Uh, if you've got uh, other things that you'd like us to cover, we're all ears. We hope this is helpful to you. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Thanks for tuning, for tuning in. in. <laughs> We have 30 seconds to so, skeptic. This stuff is like legit. It's and crazy. I'm a skeptic. I grew up in a Christian home and when I have doubts, I come to this kind of stuff to say, why do I believe the Bible over these other texts? That's right. And to the believer, hopefully you can take your friends through this because it's really powerful. And and it's not just numbers. This is King Messiah. This, is, this can be enrich our devotional life as well. This is amazing. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in.